Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are back, and we firmly believe it is Thursday. Welcome to Sabres Live here on WGR and MSG. Marty, some days I just can't believe we're on the air. Like, I mean, I'm, my my mind is elsewhere. I'm looking out into bandit land and the party in the plaza, which is going to oh. happen at 5 today. Um, a very, very minor part of me is distracted by the potential for Game 4 in the Calder Cup tonight. After you mentioned uh, Podorowski the other day, of course, Coachella Valley fell flat and and lost in overtime. So now it's a series. It could have been the Firebirds on the cusp of hoisting the Calder Cup tonight, but no, that's not going to happen. And of course, we are in the season of rumors and rumors and rumors and layers and layers and layers of things that have to get done by NHL teams by certain dates, right? Qualify guys, arbitration possibilities, uh, um, what was the one tomorrow? Buyout window. Buyout you know, starts all that, tomorrow. All that stuff. Like, And then imminently, you will be seeing us rolling out draft coverage on our Sabres social channels and website. And of course, here on Sabres Live as we build towards the draft. And we'll be in Nashville starting on the 26th of June. So it's a. I find it a very challenging time for my brain because part of it says unplug because the cup has been awarded, but then that's just not the reality. Like there's so most actually people, a gazillion things going on. Most people are like, oh, now that the cup is finished, you guys are going to start slowing down. I'm like, uh, no, this actually speeds up. The cup is easy. We talk about the game, the players, and yeah. it's like the stories write themselves. In the playoffs, you got games all the time. It writes themselves. Now is like when you have to dig in. Now you have to find out like, oh, who could be potentially on the buyout list in the next, you know, like week or so? It starts tomorrow and it's open until the 30th of June. I doubt that players are going to get bought out right away. There may be like some time where teams are going to look and try to trade certain players and see if there's a possibility. But you could see some guys getting bought out right away. And then that means what? Well, oh, more rumors. Is this player a fit for the Buffalo Sabres or for any other team? Uh, arbitration election that's going to be coming up uh you know um qualifying offer you already saw yeah. the flyers sending out qualifying offers to certain players it's going to be well to trickle or in. more specifically not qualifying or not qualifying guys. yes right. certain players yeah. so that's going to start tri- trickling in so now this is fun at the draft it's crazy 
And then at like this year, because of we're still a little bit delayed on the regular schedule, there's yeah. two days between the draft and free agency, right? And and it starts like it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday is the draft, and Saturday's free agency. Right. And the it awards, happens really the awards in Nashville precede the draft and yeah, then, on Tuesday yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it happens really fast. And then we have development camp in Buffalo. So it's like, oh, let's see the. Pre- we still have at least a month to a month and a half or heavy rumors, speculation, news, um, and it's gonna keep going. So yeah, this is yeah. fun. This is great, that, and that's why we have Darren Dreger as always um, in our Thursday time slot, but even more heightened because of all of what we've just talked about. By the way, that Monday is the award show, not Tuesday in Nashville. So I duffer, hopefully... last week on Friday was Thursday and the next week, Monday is Tuesday. I have That's no it. idea what days of the week it is. So was I, I think, right like, when I started the show, cause I did want to affirm we are Thursday, Thursday today, which yes. might put us in a better place for Shana tomorrow. I just want to, you know, Yes, Shana's always on Friday. How did I miss that last week when you said, are we Friday today? I'm like, no, we're Thursday. Yes, yeah, Shana's on Friday. Dregs is on Thursday. You know what else? I remember to tell my kid last night, put the garbage on the side of the road because garbage day is Thursday because we missed it the week before because of Memorial Day and it was a day right. after. It was like just crazy. So yes, I am not sure what day of the week it is. I just know I got to be on with you at noon and that's all I care about. So we're encouraging our audience today, hit us up at Sabres Live, topics that are on your mind, names that are on your mind that you would like Darren Dreger to dive into and offer what he can at this point in time. Of course, I don't know if you had this feeling after yesterday's show, but I felt like, and I don't want to say unexpectedly, because I think we're always like, we speak from the heart and we're very passionate about what we talk about every day. But did you not find that yesterday we got really deeply into it when it came to team construction, Oh, how Vegas was built, what needs, you know, like, I just, I walked away from that going like, we really emptied it out here. Like there was, there was a lot to be said about how Vegas was able to win their cup and how you look at how teams need to build towards that. So I'm, I'm as fired up today as I was yesterday, I think. And, and I want our audience to be able to engage that way as well. And not only bring the passion, of course, this hour, <laughs> but then carry it over into bandit land tonight at the pl- party in the plaza and just keep rolling it from uh, five o'clock onwards up to uh, the game at Salem field tonight, as we celebrate the bisons and lacrosse with a little baseball this evening. I'm still hooked on the amount of risk that the Vegas golden Knights oh. took. Like I talked yeah. about Jack Eichel and Mark stone and, and even their coaches. Right. And they, the fact that they went from Gallant to the board to now Bruce Cassidy, uh, but there was other major risk that they took um, in building their their team. Ivan Barbashev. I mean, this is a big risk. They went and acquired Barbashev, which ends up being probably the best deadline acquisition of them all. Obviously, you win the cup, right? That's important. Mm-hmm. But this was a pure rental. Let's go. Let's get a player because we have a good team and we are sliding right under the radar for most people that are talking Edmonton and that are talking Colorado and are talking Dallas and are talking all these other teams. Let's go get somebody that will impact our group and take a risk. And then you know what? We probably won't have the money to sign them, but that's not a big deal. Let's go out and win a cup. That's just the way it is. 
But as soon as you say that, everybody now should be thinking you always have money. It's always there. You just have to find a way around it. And that may or may not be true. We have just been presented with enormous examples of ways to get around things in the last four years. I guess that sets up a really good this or that tougher. Because I believe that you probably have money for either Aiden Hill or Ivan Barbashev. Which one do you allocate the money to? Well, I I think I've said it before. I think the way Vegas operates is I don't expect either of them, quite frankly, to be back. I mean, they don't have to. They're Vegas. They can do what they want. And now they can do so by saying we're going to add to our total of cups, which is one in the first six years. One thing we didn't talk about uh, because the news broke yesterday right after we were done. And after all that talk of passion, I have to tell you, I was in a state of sorrow from two o'clock onward. And that was a good friend. Mike Weber has left the uh, building the Blue Cross Arena, and we'll find himself in San Jose. So the gateway back to the NHL St. for Louis. Mike is in St. Louis, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> I'm 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 really excited for him to be reunited with basically his de facto brother and Steve Ott on the Craig Berube coaching staff, and um, it's a huge opportunity and it's well earned. I mean, you talked about this yesterday when it came to Patrick Waugh, right? Was in the NHL and went back to junior for a long time. Well. All Mike has done is follow the steps that we traditionally expect to see, right? Dove into junior hockey, went to the American Hockey League. Now he's going to the NHL as an assistant. These are all very logical steps. And obviously St. Louis is in a very interesting time organizationally as well. Commitments to, you know, some certain contract, enough about them, but just best of luck to Mike Weber. Honestly, had a quick text exchange with him yesterday. I'm really excited for him. It's a big, big chance. So here's why I feel that, you know, Kevin Adams and Jason Carmanos and the whole organization, what I love, um, and I think this should be the role of a lot of organizations around, not just the NHL, but in sports in general, you're always trying to get people to a better place, right? So like Mike Weber joined the Rochester Americans coaching staff, which was a great staff. Seth Appert, Michael Pekka, Mike Weber, great staff. But they have personal aspiration. Give them the tools to be able to develop them and Mm -hmm. get them on their way. If it's not with you, which it could be, a logical step would be to continue to grow inside the organization. But if it's not there, give them the tools to go somewhere else and be the better version of themselves. And that... That doesn't only go to the players and the coaching staff, but everybody. You got video coach, right? You got trainers. You got equipment managers. You got everything. Give them the tools and help them develop themselves into the the best version they can be and to move on. And I think that if I know Kevin Adams and Jason Carmanos and the way that the staff works together is that they are excited, happy, and they probably helped Webby get to there. Right. There's a selfish way that you can go about and you say, I want you to stay with us. And I'm sure they they don't want to lose an asset like Mike Weber. But at the same time, they're helping him get into the NHL and get into a bigger role. And that is fantastic. Well, Seth and uh, Michael should feel better today because the best looking member of the coaching staff has moved on. So now they the, the two oh, of them can butt heads. This for- is like... This is going to be hot topic when we get set or pecs back on the show. 
I don't know, man. That going away picture of Webby, I'm like, guy's got it going. Like he's just he, oh, he's yeah. he's got it. it. It was really great. Anyway, best of luck to uh, to Webby and still saber related very quickly, but well deserved because he's also been a friend of the show. Give us one of our greatest podcasts ever. Congratulations to Jerry Meehan, former player, former captain, former general manager for his induction into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. Could not be more well-deserved when you think of everything he's given to this community, quite frankly. It's not just his time with the Sabres. The fact that he stayed here and has taken his education level and his experience and has given back through his teaching and stuff like that is so impressive and can only imagine how many people he has steered in the direction of sports management and, and things of that nature. So... Congratulations, Jerry. It was a really nice to see, uh, you know, honor yesterday. A very great honor, well-deserving. And I'll tell you this, and I don't have the date right off the top of my head, but I know in August we're doing our Sabres Alumni Golf Tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually going to be at Niagara Country Club this year. It has been oh. at Park for many, many years, but we're uh, moving to a different location. It's going to be awesome. Um, but You're trying to get Dudley to show up? Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's a Lewis, Lewiston guy, right? It's so. a Lewiston guy, all these guys up there, but no, it's going to be a, a great event. But for those that, you know, uh, I've supported the Sabres as the Sabres alumni for, for many, many years, I feel that the wine and beer now event and the mm -hmm. golf tournament are two of the best events you can go to because of the guys that support it, the alumni that come back. Uh, but one of the highlight of my year is always a golf tournament. And we have an alumni, Sabres alumni meeting beforehand. All the players that are in town, Rob Ray is our president of the alumni, and he says a few words. But often, he will defer to Jeremy. And he'll say, and Jerry's here, and he wants to talk about uh, sometimes it's uh, life insurance or health insurance and things that he's working with with the, the uh, NHL Alumni Player Association and things like that. And Jerry is so smart and so well-spoken. Yep. And I sit there and I like jaw drop to the floor and I'm like listening and I'm taking it all in because he's, he's had that impact on, on many players um, when he was in the game and out of the game. He's fantastic. So a great honor for Jeremy and to be inducted in that hall of fame. To the current NHL and the carousel that was coaches may have Wound to a halt. Peter Laviolette. This feels like weeks old news now, but we've been so yes. busy talking about other things. <laughs> Laviolette to the Rangers. A thought or two? Look, I... Okay, I got to be careful with my words here. I don't want to get radioed or social media or anything like that. <laughs> I love it. I am not a huge Peter Laviolette fan, um, <laughs> but... Here's in talking to Shayna Goldman a couple of weeks ago, she made a point to say a lot of time it's who you bring as assistant, right? That could round up the system, the power play, the penalty kill. I think Peter Laviolette could be a great bench boss, right? A guy that is got a, a really strong posture and guys listen to and rolls with an iron fist. And I like those type of guys. I don't like the way his teams have played. I don't like the way that they play man to man in the defensive zone. I don't like the way that they run around. I I've not liked the way that the Peter Laviolette teams have played over the last few years, mm -hmm. but maybe it's not on Laviolette. Maybe it's on, look, he's given assistant coach a way to, 
to maybe set the system up. I think ultimately it's always the head coach. So I look at the Rangers and I'm saying, ugh, I don't love Peter Laviolette for the Rangers. Why? Because they already play so loose. What, do you want to get a coach that plays even looser and is going to give up more scoring chances and you're going to rely more on Igor Shosturkin? Like, I don't want that for the Rangers. I want them to dial it up a little bit. But he's had success. You can't deny that he's had success in many organizations, especially in the first couple of years that he's been there. So the the window for the Rangers is now. And find a guy that can get the best out of your players now. And so I look at Chris Drury. He had success and really liked working under uh, 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 Bob Hartley, a Mark Crawford, a Lindy Ruff. Uh, you know, and I'm like, well, maybe that's the type of coach. He wants a guy that's tough. And then he brought in Peter LaViolette. So I see the fit. I just want to see an evolve Peter LaViolette behind the bench, not the guy that was in Washington and then before that Nashville and before that Philly and whatnot. Are you looking forward to Rangers-Devils games even more now? Well, um, Lindy, I think Lindy and, and Peter La- don't like each other very much. And uh, there could be... A, I, I when you talk Rangers Devils, I go back to John Tortorella, Pete DeBoer, mm-hmm. when they would yell at each other on the other side of the glass. And when we started the one game at the garden with all five people on the ice fighting mm-hmm. and they were going at each other, Lindy and Peter Laviolette, it's like water and vinegar or water, no, oil and no, water. No, no, no. Oil and water. Uh, oil, and water. Yeah. oil and water. Oil and water. It's like oil and water. Put that on a t shirt. Um, but yes, uh, that doesn't mix very well. Well, and that's one thing to look forward to. Another name that came out of, um, uh, relative hibernation, but it's really important because we, I think, because we've talked about goaltenders so much, mm-hmm. especially very recently with everything that's gone on in Columbus and making over their defense core. And after last year, bringing in Johnny Gaudreau and extending Patrick Laine. How were they going to help Elvis Merzlikens, who has so much term left on his deal? I think it is very, very easy to overlook in the last 20 years of the NHL, one of the more consistent, soft-spoken netminders and successful ones at that. In Nicholas Backstrom. Yes. And now he is, after working over in Europe for them, is now going to be their goaltender coach. What's your take on that? And am I overblowing it a little bit? No, I think it's a significant hire for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, let's go back a few years here. Um, and I felt like Elvis Mislickens has always been this really talented goaltender, such natural abilities in the crease of movement and flexibility. And Unfortunately, there's a really tough incident that happened in the summer of 2021. I think that was two years ago, um, where um, um, Kavlenix passed away at a a 4th of July party at Manny Legacy's house, right? Manny Legacy Mm -hmm. was the goalie coach. I've said for a while now that I think that Elvis Merzlikens needs um, a change of scenery because everything that he's enduring in Columbus right now probably reminds him of his good friend and the goalie coach that is with him, no fault to man legacy, great guy and, and an unfortunate incident, but you're seeing it every day. 
right? Mm -hmm. And now I feel like Columbus not only looked at the on ice product, but also the personal and human side of Elvis, the person, and said, look, we need to help him and gear him, like get him away from always having that reminder, right? And so mm -hmm. I feel like Nicholas Backstrom, number one, was a very solid person. Although mm -hmm. I've talked to him a couple of times, great human being, mm -hmm. uh, really good goaltender. And he comes from a background of all these European teachings, right? And the new European waves of goaltenders. So mix that with the Russian way of goaltending, and it's kind of one of the same. Mm -hmm. So I think that it will work well for Columbus and Elvis Merzlikens with Nick Backstrom being hired as their goalie coach. And it's going to help Elvis on the human side too. And and I, I don't know Elvis, never talked to him, but the perception I got and just hearing him speak, news uh, interviews, is that he looked like he's still, um, I, I want to say, in pain from the last few years and what, what's happened. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that has developed in the short term in your mind or in, in reality here as it pertains to that goaltending um, you know, I, we can call it a carousel. If the coaching one has stopped, maybe the, the entire emphasis is on the goalie one right now, especially, <laughs> sorry, feel like Taylor Swift. I think I just inhaled a fly. Just in a um, tasty, um, tasty. It was great. <laughs> but is there anything, you know, fresh on the, on the goalie circuit for you? Well, what is fresh on this goalie circuit for me is that with the buyout window that's coming up, um, what team is trying to free up some cap space to be able to resign certain maybe RFAs before July 1? Because we know that the Boston Bruins and Jeremy Swayman, for example, um, have a deadline. Because if Swayman gets to July 1 and if the Boston can't free up space to be able to sign Jeremy Swayman, he is a prime candidate for an offer sheet. And, you know, I know people that I had the debate on, on social media because I joined Dregs, who is beyond with 1230, M and Ray for their podcast. And I talked about Jeremy Swimman. People are like, well, but Swimman has to sign the offer sheet. I'm like, I know people. But Jeremy Swimman is kind of stuck behind Lena Solmark right now in a way. And he not only would be looking at being a clear-cut number one somewhere, but also make make money. Like, have a great contract that could come along with it. And I think that is the prime situation for him to be able to get both. So, but the Boston Bruins have to free up some space. I think that's the first, I don't want to say that's the first domino to fall, but that is a probably the biggest domino to get going. Because they're not going to let, they won't let it get there, right? Well, did they have much of a choice? Uh, if, you well, look they, at the, if they present a good offer to the player, the player will accept it before free agency rolls around and the potential for offer sheets exist. Right. Okay, that's the, my, the, that's my point. Remember we were talking about Seattle the other day. Yes. And like where they, like the reality they have, and we were, you know, it, it's tongue in cheek off the cuff, whatever it is with Will Borgen, whenever I mention him, like part of me is serious. Part of me is not obviously, but they could conceivably sign Will to three times three and still have oodles of cap space, even after giving Vince Dunn seven million a year. Yeah. They could still yeah. do this. So my point is, is they're probably we're never going to see a moment where Will Borgen is even going to be in a position to sign an offer sheet because they can do their business. They can get it done before July 1st. They will probably lock Will up on a multi-year deal at a number that he and his camp like. 
And I think Boston would presumably, even if they have sign and trade aspirations, I would think they would do it before we get find ourselves in this so offer sheet world, right? Here's the difference. Seattle Kraken have projected cap space right now, according to Cap Friendly, of $20 million. Plus yes. the 10% you can go over in the summertime. So that's an added $8.3 million, right? They mm -hmm. have $28 million. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't matter who comes in with an offer sheet and negotiate an offer sheet with a guy like Will Borgen. The, the Seattle Kraken are like, yeah, we can definitely sign that. The Boston Bruins have $4.9 million of projected cap space, according to cap friendly, mm -hmm. plus another 8 million for the summer 10% rule. Mm -hmm. So let's see. They have about 13 million, right? They have seven players, seven forwards signed. Are they going to try to resign Terry Bertuzzi? What is of Patrice Bergeron? What is of David Krejci and all of mm -hmm. it. And if a team is able to negotiate something with Jeremy Swayman at 6.1, 6.2 million, let's see. Why would you ever go that high? I'm just saying because 6.4 is the threshold. Anything over 6.4, now it becomes multiple picks. Under 6.4 is a first and a third. Okay. So I'm saying. Right. But that's, that's what I'm, Boston's going to do this before it ever gets there. They'll let, like, right? I mean, he, are they going to pay him? He's never making more than Olmark. His body well, of work isn't big enough. Exactly what I'm saying is that Boston is not going to offer Jeremy Swayman more than Olmark. But your agent, if your agent is doing the right job, okay, and this again, it's like put the blinders on if you're, you know, the league and whatever. But Can you the keep agent, that look? Right there. I'll talk like yeah. this the next five. Sorry for people on radio. I'm I'm covering my eyes right now. I'm like the monkey see thing statue. <laughs> um <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh that God. is exactly what it is. Oh. So see no evil uh, monkey statue. But uh, if you're the, the agent of Jeremy Swayman, you're having talks right now with all other teams about all your players. And you're like, hey, I also have a goalie in Boston that you guys might be interested in. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like you have those type of feelers out there to see if there's a team because – if I'm a team in need of a 24-year-old goalie that I think is going to be really good and I think Swayman's going to be really good and is a number one goaltender, what is it to pay him $5.5 a year? It's nothing. But it's more and, than all, Mark. I know, exactly. I'm saying a team to come in with an offer sheet at $5.5 million, Boston's right. not going to do that. Okay, but I'm saying Boston will sign him hypothetically for five times five in the next two weeks and know that they can move him at that number at any point there, there's could. no sense in them risking because they'll get a better deal trading him when he's at five times five than having to deal with compensation of an offer sheet right yeah but again presumably so jeremy swayman would not have trade protection right because he would have to wait three more years because he can have a no trade clause mm -hmm. so you're not controlling the trade your agent should be doing the homework right now and finding out if you could get five and a half to six million somewhere else as an offer right. sheet so if the boston bruins come in and say hey we've given you five times five you're jeremy swimming you say i don't want it i don't see that's thank you that's exactly i was i was ex pushing you down that path to say exactly that so the fact that it's now coming from you really makes this a fascinating process because it's never as easy just to say, eh, lock him up and then trade him later. The player and the agent do have a say in this. And if they're reading the tea leaves correctly, 
they can put themselves in a position to it's leverage. It's the same thing with an offer sheet, right? Like, oh, offer yeah. sheet, this guy. Well, yeah, okay, but you have to come up with an agreement. He has to mm-hmm. come, want to come to you, uh, and and they're doing their homework. So Swayman, to me, is interesting. And I think that's the biggest domino because let's say you're the LA Kings and you're looking at a goaltender and you say, you know what? Jeremy Swayman would work well here. Let's talk to the agent. We can't do anything until July 1st. So that means we can't trade for a goalie at the draft mm-hmm. and we're going to put all our eggs in maybe that basket that could be Jeremy Swayman if they miss out on, you know, maybe a, a, a tradable goaltender, a Connor Hallebuck or UC Soros that was rumored to maybe go to LA. Um, mm-hmm. Then you you better make sure that you get your Jeremy Swayman or then you fall off and now you're looking at Varlamov, Freddie Anderson, John, you know, maybe it's a trade of John Gibson. Like mm-hmm. y- you, you have to make sure everybody's doing their homework right now because you don't want to be caught, you know, blindsided in on July 1st or July 3rd. And now you're yeah. stuck without a goalie. T minus four and a half hours till the party in the plaza in bandit land. As Ooh. we celebrate championship number five for Buffalo at five, see the timing there. It's absolutely perfect. Yes. They'll eventually walk up Washington, go to the game tonight. Plenty of Bison's festivities, uh, Bandit's festivities at the Bison's game. And we look forward to seeing you uh, throughout the entirety of the evening. We'll tease you with a little bit more on the Bandit side of things as we continue on Sabres Live. And know this, it is Thursday. Darren Dreger is next (laughs) on Sabres Live. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.